You're listening to the Fueled and Free podcast. I'm your host, Margaret, a holistic nutritionist, bringing you real talk and thought-provoking conversations on food, the wellness world, women's health topics, and life. Remember, the information shared in this podcast is not to be taken as individual or medical advice. Welcome back to the podcast. You are going to love today's guest. I'm interviewing Heather Germain, founder of Simple Soul AZ. She is located in Arizona and helps women and their families through functional nutrition, functional testing, both in person at her practice and virtually. She works with those that are struggling with hormonal imbalances, low energy, gut issues, thyroid issues, etc. She has a holistic practitioner degree, level one and level two integrative health practitioner and is a certified personal trainer. We get into the nitty gritty on various drainage and detox tools and strategies and why it's so important to prioritize some of these tools and habits in your everyday life. Things like dry brushing, sauna, castor oil packs, coffee enemas. We even discuss parasite cleansing. So that's a really interesting topic to listen to. Heather was a big encouragement to me when I was curious about cold plunging, and she's actually the person that I went to for insights on how to actually incorporate cold plunging into my own health routine. When I first started following her on Instagram, she had a freezer in her garage that she cold plunged in. And I would say she was the first female that I started following. I had followed a couple of male you know, athletes or influencers that were doing it. But first woman that I followed that was consistently cold plunging. And she had shared that she had been doing it for years. And I just remember messaging her on Instagram and was like, please walk me through how you're doing this. And she's the one that really walked me through how to convert our chest freezer into a cold plunge. So we do spend some time talking about cold plunging, why it can be so beneficial for your nervous system. She shares what her day to day routine looks like as a mom of older kids, but also while running a business. She shares encouragement for how to make health and wellness a practical part of your day-to-day. We also talk about hormones at midlife. I think you are going to find her perspective very refreshing, and I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. I'm so excited to have my friend and colleague, Heather Germain, here today, also known as Simple Soul AZ on Instagram. Heather, welcome to the Fueled and Free podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you. This is actually Heather's first time officially doing a full-blown podcast interview discussion episode. So tell us why. (laughs) Why is this your first time? Were you a little nervous? Oh, yes. And I, you know, of all things, I feel like I should know how to regulate my nervous system. But yeah, I feel like I feel the nerves today. But you know, I can do hard things. You're going to rock it. So, all right. I'd like to talk about how did you kind of get into the functional holistic health space? Because you were a certified personal trainer before, right? Yes. Yes. And that's actually where it all started. So I got my personal training degree, um, gosh, eight, 10 years ago. I was training a handful of women through my gym each week, you know, establishing a relationship with them, working out really hard. Like I, I do love naturally to work out hard, working them out hard, kind of giving them meal plans along the way. And then as we got deeper into it, like I was watching the shift, some women's bodies were responding so well, right? Mm -hmm. So like Sarah's responding really well, Beth isn't. It's like, Beth, what are you cheating? What's going on? And 
And she's like, no, I'm not cheating. And it was like, it was kind of at that moment. I was like, wait a second. What if something's going on in Beth's gut? What if she's, you know, what if there's some toxins? Like you just start thinking like, why is she not responding as well as the other one? So that's actually what got me started. Um, that's when I started my schooling to get my holistic practitioner degree with the intent to help those women to like be able to run some tests on them. It was very much, they were my priority. I wanted to be able to connect and and change them for the better. So and it originally started with them. That's when I started diving into the holistic health was with them. But it actually shifted towards the end of my degree. Um, and it became personal for me because I actually got really, really sick three or four years ago. Really, really sick with um, the nastiest virus ever, the shingles. Oh, yes. I remember you sharing about that on Instagram. I don't think I was following you then, but I've heard you talk a little bit about that. Tell us more about what happened. Well, I had a, I had no idea that like a quote young person could get that right. Like you grow up thinking the shingles is like an older person and I had no clue what this virus was, but it like attacked my body. Um, it went from my back into my armpit, spread to the right front of my chest. I mean, just really annihilated my body. Um, I got super sick. So it attacked more of like my nervous system. I had horrible anxiety. I couldn't eat, like produce no saliva in my mouth lost a rapid amount of weight in just what two months time. Like it was debilitating. Wow. Um, So at that point in my journey, it became personal for me. Like, right. Like, so I I was at the mercy of Western medicine because I didn't, I knew nothing about the shingles. I went to them. I was, you know, pain medication and anxiety medication. And I took it all. Like I, I didn't know what to do. So I took it all for roughly 10 days. I had a horrible reaction to the anxiety medication. Horrible. The pain medication wasn't even touching the pain that I was feeling. Um, and I had never really done pain medication before. So that let me know that there was something really wrong with my body. And so it was at that point in my journey as I was finishing school that again, it became personal for me. And so that's kind of where it all started was I started running my own tests on myself, wanting to help myself really. Wow. So it, it was a personal journey. Did you have any um, practitioners that you were that you were were working with through that, or did you ha- like how did you actually find tools or stuff to support yourself during that time? So yeah, at the time as I had finished my uh, degree, I started looking into some of the testing. There was a friend um, in the neighborhood that had already started to kind of do some of that testing too. So I okay. reached out to her, said, you know, I just finished my degree. I need some help. I'm not feeling good. Um, you know, I reached out to Western medicine. I'm not getting the results I want. Like, I really think that I just, you know, this is what I feel called to do. Like, so she helped run some tests on me. And then from there I started running, you know, the hair scan on myself. And it was amazing to see what these tests were showing of the imbalance on a handful of my gut tests. I had heavy, heavy, heavy levels of candida. Oh, interesting. What about heavy metals? Did you see that coincide with the candida? We didn't see any heavy metals. I had a lot of candida in my body. I had tons of nutritional deficiencies. Um, You know, my body was just completely out of balance. My adrenals, my adrenals were a mess. And Mm -hmm. looking back, um, I laugh to think that I didn't even prioritize that, right? I was like the person that was like sucking the caffeine dry in the morning and going to bed super late. So, I mean, my adrenals were a mess. My gut was a mess. And so I really, from there, I just started peeling back the layers to correct the own imbalances to kind of dig myself out of that hole from the shingles. So were you the person that did like a complete 180 and did a bunch of changes all at once? Or did you do things like slowly start making changes? Because like you said, you're coming from drinking like the coffee in the morning, not dialed in on sleep, 
Were you doing intermittent fasting too? Like a lot of us were five years ago. I wasn't. Surprisingly, I was not doing that. But yes, I know there was a handful back in the day. I was not intermittent fasting, but I was the typical going to bed super, super late, pounding the the caffeine in the morning. Um, And my meals, you know, I typically have always somewhat ate good, but they were very sporadic. Yeah. So my first initial uh, correction that I did was just to regulate my nervous system. And that's when I started doing the cold plunging. Like my nervous system, the shingles dysregulated my nervous system in a way I can't actually even describe. It was like in October here in Arizona. So it wasn't that cold, but it was cold enough. And that was the first initial step I took was just trying to climb out of that uh, dysregulated nervous system. And then from there, it was it was just slow changes. How many years have you been cold plunging officially? It's right around that four to five year mark now, you know, slowly making all those small changes, backing off the coffee prioritizing your sleep, like all the things I talk about now, but it's been something that I've been practicing and implementing for the last four or five years. It wasn't a radical overnight change. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when I first started following you, you were cold plunging in like a freezer in your backyard and you were like such an inspiration (laughs) to me on it. I remember messaging you like, okay, tell me everything of how you set this up. You're the reason why I started cold plunging in a freezer. So, okay. Yeah. You started, you started out cold plunging in the, uh, in the freezer. And then I know more recently, like in the last year you upgraded to the plunge, which is amazing. I have one as well. Yes. You know, I think the more you like start to dive into these things and you feel the effects of, you know, for, for a lot of people taking the anxiety medication, it's because that you start to feel like that heart race through the day, right? You're having panic attacks. That's what I was having with the shingles was panic attack after panic attack after panic attack. Like, it was horrible. And so, yeah, the more you get, get into these, like, you know, you clean your freezer forever. You're like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, so yeah, now we're at the cold plunge and I'm cold plunging, you know, three, four times a week. I just ran that cortisol test on myself a couple of weeks ago to see how my body was handling it. Um, and I was super happy to see those results because, you know, it's the power of breathing. It, it, it has changed my life forever. I love that. I love that. Yeah, you were a huge influence on me getting started with cold plunging. I started a little over a year ago. And same, I do it a couple times a week now. I definitely don't do it around my cycle, like when I'm closer to getting my period. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's always the big controversy with women. They're always reaching out and asking me. But I said, you always have to like respect what your body, the signals your body. There's sometimes I'm actually just craving the cold plunge. But if I am closer to my cycle... I will maybe get in for 30 seconds to a minute, right? It's just kind of that, like for me, it's an endorphin, not right. you like, you crave the endorphins that you get from the eyes. You conquer that cold water, the rush of endorphins, but I will try to respect as I get closer to my cycle, maybe just, you know, shortening up the time or maybe not doing it as frequently. So you're also really on top of detox types of habits, like the coffee enemas, castor oil packs. You're always talking about dry brushing, you do the red light, you've got like all the biohacking tools down. <laughs> I'd love for you to dive into like, how did you get into these different things? How have you made it part of your wellness routine? I have some specific questions about coffee enemas from the audience. I'm like, she's the one to talk to about this. There we go. There we go. Yes, we love a good coffee enema talk. Um, Again, I think kind of realizing where you're at in your journey, right? There are, especially for like, if you think back to like four or five years ago, when I started getting into all this, to how many things have come across, right? Like back in the day, when I was looking at red light, there were maybe like three red light options. And now you Google red light, you're going to find over 25, 30 different types of red lights. So it's been a very slow process. Because for me, as I started the journey, 
I really wasn't looking for that instant fix. That's what the shingles taught me. I wasn't looking for that instant fix. So I was like, what can I acquire daily into a daily routine that I'm able to maintain? And so I started with the cold plunging and then I purchased my red light. Then I got into the dry brushing and the cash flow. So again, it's been three or four years. And I, I hope women understand that it's not an overnight, like you just go out and buy because they're expensive too. All these tools that I'm using, do you know what I mean? For the yeah, most part, yeah. dry brush, cash flow, oil pack aren't bad, but it's time, it's effort, it's money. So I typically will do one or two of each of those modalities every day. I don't do it all every day. I tell women that all the time, like I don't sauna, cold plunge, dry brush, castor oil pack, coffee enema. You know, I'm a mom, I have four kids. So I'm like, I'm not, you know, running my business as well. But but it's it's actually just taking time to create a space that I feel like each day I'm doing a little bit of something to support my drainage and detox pathways. I feel like that's a huge step in the right direction to optimizing your health, understanding the the toxins and, and everything and how it's affecting our health today. And so for me, if I can do like, you know, 1% better than I did yesterday, if I can just do one little thing, then I feel accomplished and I feel better. So which one, if someone had to pick to get started, obviously cold plunging is one that's like in a whole different category. Not, not everyone's in a place of being able to cold plunge or, or even do sauna. But if someone's like, hey, I want to get started on some sort of drainage detox habit, I'm super new to this. What's your like number one will move the needle forward for you can can get done in a short amount of time? What's your go to that you recommend to your clients? I'm super curious. Yeah, no, I'm going to go dry brushing all day long. Oh, really? Okay. And, and, And the interesting thing with dry brushing, and I think it's again, it's a personal thing. But when I first started doing it, right, like my personality, I kind of dive all in and I get super excited. And I just remember I took that dry brush and I just started scrubbing my body so hard. And I was like, what in the actual crap? This hurts. Like this does not feel good. And I just really wasn't understanding the role of the lymphatic system. And I didn't need to apply that much you know, pressure to my body. I didn't need to scrub that hard. But um, again, similar to like the cold plunging, uh, dry brushing kind of creates endorphins for me. Like I like the way I feel afterwards. Um, so I feel like if there's a connection, like castor oil packs, love them, but you actually don't have a feeling from them, right? Like you know what they're doing, but you don't receive a feeling from them where I think that dry brushing, like you understand the role it's playing in your lymphatic system. And it's kind of energizing. Like I, I tend to like to dry brush in the morning. Um, again, because yeah. it's that energizing feeling for me. Do you do it like before or after a shower? Um, I do it right before a shower. So I will typically, um, you know, work out and then come in and possibly do some red light. Um, I really like combining my red light therapy with my dry brushing. I, yeah. you know, do them separately, but when you're trying to do all the things in the morning as a mom, um, I really like combining my dry brushing with my red light. That's a good idea. Shower and, you know, get your day going. But yeah, I think again, the role that toxins in your lymphatic system play, like dry brushing is just one easy step to do consistently each day to manually move that lymph and and aid better detoxification for your body. Absolutely. Have you uh, tried those um, vibration plates at all yet? So I have friends that have those and I've, I've tried theirs and I'm like anything and everything that can stimulate, right? The more you understand the lymphatic system and how it doesn't have a pump, um, you have to do everything to try to manually move that, right? Jump roping, jogging. And then you're talking to women in their forties and they're like, um, I can't jump rope or jog like that, you know, my bladder. Uh, so yeah, a vibration plate. Yeah. Anything to stimulate that lymphatic system. I'm all about. Love that. Love that. I haven't tried a vibration plate either. I'm super intrigued by it. 
And I'll admit, I have not picked up a dry brush in probably three months, but I have been staying on top of like the castor oil packs and those things. I think think you just like inspired me to get back on that habit. (laughs) No, I actually like, I, I'm so funny about it. Like I I have a travel dry brush that I travel with now. That's like smaller. Cause, cause again, it's just like, I feel like anyone at any stage of their journey can incorporate that and they actually feel something from it. Right. When you have clients get into castor oil packs, they'll do it for a week and they're like, you know, what am I supposed to be feeling? And it's like, you don't necessarily have like a feeling from castor oil packs other than maybe you're sleeping better your bowels are moving better. Right. So, but yeah, there's something about, maybe I'm just an endorphin junkie, I guess, from the cold punching to the dry brushing. Maybe I'm an endorphin junkie, but yeah, I, I really have been really consistent with the dry brushing. That's one of my, my favorites. Yeah. for. It's also really good for the skin too, which I like that, that benefit. Like it's known to help like reduce cellulite and it's exfoliating and yeah. And to, to the audience that's listening, if you guys aren't familiar with castor oil packs, it's basically like placing a, uh, a piece of fabric like felt or wool or flannel over your liver with some castor oil and it's really good for detox. So coffee, yeah, was- coffee enemas, by the way. Here we, like, go. Here we go. Here we go. We're gonna talk about it. Um, because you were the person that I messaged right before I did my first one. Cause you've talked openly about them on Instagram. Uh, how many years ago did you start doing them? Like, what was the thing that kind of got you into that? Cause I feel like there's only a specific niche of the holistic health space that talks about coffee enemas. And then there's the other side that's like, that's weird, you know, or I don't know. There, there's kind of like this divisive opinion on them. Yeah. Or they're, yeah. they're con- controversial. Right. No. And, and so again, in all fairness, I think as I got, as I finished school, and really, again, found myself drawn to understanding the role that toxins are playing in our body, right? That's where I, again, my passion for health was like, gosh, our world is so full of toxins in our body. You know, it just creates the imbalance, right? Western medicine's trying to like, you know, numb the symptom and I'm trying to find the imbalance, like you're trying to find the imbalance. So, so really understanding the role that the liver was playing. I, yeah, I read up on coffee enemas. I read that, you know, people have been doing them for decades. Some people, they're very controversial. Some people are like, no, there's harm in doing them. You know, and so I just started kind of being open to it. Like, I feel like with any modality, you kind of let your body and mind start, you know, kind of sitting with the thought. So I kind of sat with the thought for a little while and I was like, no, it makes sense. Like the colon retains so much water. Everything has to move through there, you know, and, and truthfully amongst all truths, I grew up with a grandma who anytime we were sick, anytime we didn't feel good, anytime there was anything wrong with us, she asked us about when we pooped. She like, you could have a headache and she'd say, when is the last time you pooped? And she would offer us little like enema sticks. I don't even know what they would have been back in the day, like little glycerin sticks or something. Like she would say, here, you know, here, do you need an enema here? Do you want, like, it was just part of who we were growing up. Oh, that's so interesting. I love that. Oh, she, (laughs) she talked about bowel movements for every uh, symptom that you ever told her you had. Um, and then she would have like, I can't even remember what it is. I have to ask my mom, but like she had these little things that she'd be like, Hey, go put, you know, go stick this in and you're going to poop and you're going to feel better. So again, I think that mindset of growing up with a grandma like that, like a coffee enema, there, there wasn't any fear to me where that's, if we're just being truthful, that's where a lot of the fear comes, you know, was like inserting something, but no, started diving deep into how it stimulated bioflow and the release of toxins. And it just all made sense. So uh, to anyone out there listening, like you're going to sit with that for quite some time. <laughs> like yes. I, I bought the kit and the kit sat there for two, three months. I mean, I have clients now that they're like, the kit's been sitting on my 
bathroom counter for, you know, eight months now. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, let your body be the guide as to when the timing is right for you. So finally, you know, dove into it, did my first one. And I don't know how your experience was with your first one, but I was like, okay, that didn't work so well. Like, I just, (laughs) it wasn't this like amazing experience that I thought it was a little uncomfortable. I wasn't able to hold the solution the whole time, you know, and I kind of got up and was like, oh, shoot. Like, I just remember looking at other people's, you know, journey with it. And it was like this very relaxing and, and it just yes. wasn't like that. First time. It just, it really wasn't, it was uncomfortable. I actually remember my kids were pounding on the door and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, <laughs> this is, <laughs> but like anything I feel that that's what keeps us from trying is we're just so scared of that failure of not doing it perfect as women, as moms, you know? So it's like, by the time I did my second or third one, I was like, okay, I get it. I get why people are doing this similar to a cold plunge, similar to dry brushing. You feel amazing. Yeah. There's a boost of energy. You know, you're like, okay, I get it now. How was your first one? Did you have success your first one? I would say my journey into it was very similar where I was like super curious. Well, when I first heard about them, and this was years ago, I kind of lumped into the category of like, that's really extreme. That's, mm-hmm. ex- that's like next level holistic, you know, extremism. But and I think most people would say, say that if it's a completely new concept, right? I had no friends that were doing them, no one in my family. And actually, that's probably still the case. I don't think any of my actual like, in real life friends have done that. But same thing. I remember like ordering the kit from Amazon and it like sat in my bedroom for a couple weeks. And, you know, I was like, okay, am I going to do this? And I think I voice messaged you. And yeah, you take the time to like prepare the coffee solution and filter it and cool it off. And I remember like I got my kids off to school and I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. And I laid down like the towel and set up a pillow and... Seriously, it's like a whole little ritual thing. It's a ritual. It's completely a ritual. But again, like the concept of just understanding like the colon can get so clogged up and hold so many toxins that just create uh, more health issues and more imbalances in the body. I mean, the colon has such a large responsibility at, at aiding detoxification. You know, and so many women that I work with, I'm sure you like, they're not having bowel movements daily. Yeah. They're struggling, right? And so then they're just accumulating more toxins at a higher rate because they're not eliminating them. And and here's the deal. I am always telling my clients, like, you don't have to use coffee. If you're just more comfortable using like a water solution, yeah, um, like a wheatgrass solution, right? Like if there's cause sometimes it's like that uh, around the coffee, you know, that maybe might, you know, not sit well with people. Um, I have a lot of clients that just start with like a water enema. Mm-hmm. Like, do they feel comfortable with that? And for some people that might be really struggling with bowel movements, like, or a water uh, enema might be a really good place to start and then go into the coffee. Because the coffee definitely with the caffeine is going to, you know, stimulate a lot more bioproduction and release a lot more than just a water enema would. Yeah, absolutely. And and I had a similar experience too. Like the first time I did it, I could like barely hold it in. And then you're like, I didn't do it right. First couple of times, it was not very successful. But I would say now I like really look forward to it, especially after travel. Like when we came back from Italy a couple weeks ago, mentally, I'm like, the first thing I'm doing tomorrow after I get home is a coffee enema. Like it's like a ritual after travel and it's excellent for just like a good, a good cleanse. 
110%. And that's what I tell my clients. I typically will use a coffee enema now as just kind of a maintenance program, like twice a month, right? Yeah. And I know there's all these people that are like, okay, can I do one every day? Can I do one one weekly? You know, that really comes down to where you're at in your journey and, and everything. Are you doing a lot of other modalities to, you know, help shift your drainage and detox pathways? Or is this the very first one you're starting with? Um, but typically I like to do them like twice a month unless I'm being more intentional doing a parasite cleanse or some candida or heavy metal, you know what I mean? Then I might do one once a week, but I think it's like anything. And, and, you know, you want everyone to know, can you overdo a good thing? I think you can. Absolutely. I think you can overdo a good thing. I have had a lot of clients that have really, really struggled bowel issues since they were in junior high. They start doing a coffee enema and they're like game changing. Like my energy is better. My mood's better. I'm not bloated. I'm not gassy. Can I do one the next day? And it's like, well, maybe if we're just getting started, okay. Right. But then, you know, seven to 10 days into it, they're like, can I do one every day? And it's like, no, like you don't want that to be the only thing that helps you go to the bathroom. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say for those of you listening, because we're going to transition to talk about parasite cleanses, part of the reason why these drainage and detox habits are so important is to prevent the detox reactions that we can sometimes have from doing a candida or a parasite protocol. It's not just because like these things are good for you. They're going to make those more intense gut protocols that sometimes you need to do to clean up the bad bugs in your gut a little bit easier. Yes. Yes. No, definitely. I'm, I'm like, that's just one way to aid and to release a, a, you know, a large amount of toxins. So that with that being said, like each person needs to kind of evaluate where they're at in their journey. Um, you know, if they're just getting started and they try to do, a, you know, the first coffee enema and hold it for 15 minutes, they could release quite a bit of toxins and and feel those reactions initially, right? Of, you know, some itchiness or skin crawling or skin breakouts or, um, you know, so it's something to move into slowly, right? Like you, yeah. my initial goal was to hold it for 15 minutes. You know, that's what they kind of guide you 15 to 20 minutes. You know, if someone does it and they hold it for three or four minutes, awesome. Like listen to your body and let your body be the guy. Don't try to overrule what what your body's trying to to tell you. So yeah, Absolutely. I had to work, work my way up to that, you know, 15, 20 minutes for sure. Absolutely. So you've guided quite a few people through full moon parasite cleanses. Tell us a little bit about that, what's involved. I know you've done them like on Telegram, right? You've kind of yeah. posted like some groups. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we have, I have a group of uh, parasite cleansing that we've done around some full moons. Um, and typically we're working with clients prior to doing the full moons, doing their drainage work. So, you know, doing the castor oil and the dry brushing and, you know, trying to get their diet, you know, going in a better direction. Cause you really want to kind of prioritize all that drainage work prior to getting into a parasite cleanse. I know, um, you know, the deeper we get into parasite cleansing, people are really excited about it. And the last thing you want to do is jump into a parasite cleanse. Like talk about having a Herx reaction. If your body is not prepped to do a parasite cleanse, um, that's when things could really get ugly and you're not going to feel well. So yes, with my full moon cleanses, we are doing a lot of drainage work prior to, and then we are doing these three, five or seven day cleanses right around the full moon, right? So as there's a shift with the full moon, uh, that's when there's a shift with, you know, the melatonin and the serotonin and parasites are just more active. So it's the prime time to do a parasite cleanse. Um, and then oftentimes you're combining those full moon cleanses uh, with a coffee enema. So it's just a really good time to 
uh, prioritize detoxing with the energy of the full moon. I love that. So how does that go for people? Are people, people are sharing pictures in the group of like what they're, what they're, it, <laughs> it is wild. It it's is wild. wild. And again, I feel like for so many people, right. I've shared pictures and, and, you know, there's some people that are like, that's disgusting. There's some people that feel very empowered by seeing what's moving through their bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's also important to know that, you know, typically you're not just pooping out a parasite, right? You're not just going to look in the toilet and see a parasite hanging out there. Cause people, that is the first question people always ask me like, okay, if I do your full moon cleanse, like, what should I expect? Like, do I just poop out five parasites? And it's like, they come out in your stool most oftentimes. Now, mm-hmm. could you have one come out in your stool? But they're coming out in fecal matter. They're coming out in your stool. They're wrapped up in biofilm. Um, so for some people, maybe they don't want to look, right? So they're, they're just noticing they're feeling better. But typically, most everyone that's doing a parasite cleanse, they're like, no, I'm going to look. So, you know, it's a little popsicle stick or a wooden pencil and... <laughs> You know, and then that's when it gets really interesting because I just had a client just yesterday who's doing one of my 30 day parasite cleanses and she's like 13 inches long, like 13. She's sending me pictures. She's like, this is insane. But every time she's feeling just so much better, it's, it seriously is like an emotional release to be ridding, you know, parasites out of your body. How often do you recommend people do a parasite cleanse? Um, so typically right now, like, right. So, so just for clarity, like we'll do a 30 day parasite cleanse and then we'll do the short mini full moon cleanses to support that 30 day cleanse. So yep. mm-hmm. a difference there's a 30 day parasite cleanse and then the mini parasite cleanses around the full moon. But right now as maintenance, I'm doing a parasite cleanse, a 30 day one twice a year. That's like okay. my main. Okay. And then I'm always supporting with full moon. So this year already I've done three or four mini full moons. You know, cause once you're, once you're in this space of, of really wanting to, to up your drainage and detox pathways, like, you know, to do a short three or five day mini cleanse is doable in my opinion. You know, it, again, it comes with some ups and downs. I should make it very clear that it comes with ups and downs. Um, I tell people, my husband just cringes when I tell him I'm going to do a parasite cleanse. Cause he just knows like some days I'm going to be on top of the world. Like life is great. You know, you're moving things through. And then other days your energy is really low. Your stomach's a little bit bloated. And then that's usually, you know, a day or two later is when you're passing more parasites. So right, right. a little bit of a roller coaster of emotions and energy, but with the end result, you should always be feeling better, you know, by the time you're done with those cleanses. Right, right. And you stick to these things because it's made a huge difference for you. Like if you were to compare your health now versus 10 years ago, do you feel younger now? You know what? That's actually funny because I feel like, so I'll be turning 46 this year, which just feels insane to say, right? Because I can remember when my mom said she was turning five. It's like, gross. You're, that's so old. My mom's so old. Um, but you're 100% right. Like I feel better now in my forties than I did in my late twenties or thirties as a young wow. mom. Wow. Like I 100% feel better. And I hope to be presenting that message to younger moms of you don't have to just live in this survival mode, right? I feel like it's kind of the way that, you know, the world depicts it as a young mom, you know, you just kind of survive off coffee and a protein bar and you, you know, you just don't feel good. And I'm like, I don't, that's not the message I want to send. I hope that, you know, yeah, you're right. I definitely feel way better now than I did in my twenties or thirties for sure. I love that. I love that. And so you have four kids, some teenagers and some in their twenties, right? Yes. My oldest is 23, which is wow. insane. And my youngest is 16. 
And so how are they with the... I mean, so you've been on a journey of health stuff for five plus years. I mean, are they pretty into the diet that you eat? And do do any of them cold plunge? You know, I have, I, I, I'm not going to say I've made each child a Coke punch, yeah. but I kind of have, um, and not, not for any other reason than I want them to feel that scared feeling. I want them to feel that heart racing and I want them to understand that they can control that. Right. Cause as so many kids today are struggling with anxiety, um, with depression. And so, yeah, all of my kids have cold plunge. They've all sat in there. I've made them kind of sit in there until they regulated their breathing. And then they're like, Oh, this is easy. But you know, the diet thing. Yes. They see me eat the way I, I eat. Do that. My kids eat Taco Bell or Panda Express. Yeah, they do. Like it's not about perfection. It's about teaching balance and giving them opportunities to say, if we eat this way, we feel better. Our skin's better, right? For teenage boys and girls, like acne and skin stuff is huge. Um, and so teaching them the correlations of, yeah, like the processed food, this is what it does. But, you know, for the most part, we're just an average American family too. Like, Yes, their mom's doing this and yes, they're seeing how mom eats, but they eat a lot of what I eat, but they also eat a lot of what normal kids eat. So it's not about the perfection. That doesn't work with me, my mindset or my family. But I think they're able to see, you know, how other how their friends are maybe feeling and make connections of like, oh, my friend, you know, complains that she has anxiety all the time, but mom, she drinks like two or three Starbucks a day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's just like, it's starting to put like little puzzle pieces together to give them the opportunity to make the choice for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's like the hardest thing that we as moms can go through when it comes, when it comes to our kids getting older. And, you know, especially once they start driving and they leave the house and they're out with friends, like you don't have control over, you know, what drive through they're going through or what they're eating at a friend's house. And Yeah. It does. It does get hard. But what I like is that my as my kids kind of shift and, and they'll make that, they'll come to me like, oh, you know what, mom, my, you know, my gut hasn't been feeling well. I mean, my kids and my family are very much open discussion about bowel movements. Um, <laughs> about stuff. So they'll come to me, which I think is important. It's important to like, you know, make some of these topics that we know really directly impact our health more normal. Because growing up, again, like you didn't talk about poop unless you were with, you know, my grandma. But it's just like, it's making those normal health conversations and, and giving my kids different tools. So, you know, if they are struggling, they know ice bath is a is an option of a way to help them. My daughter has a red light up there at college. You know, I it's fun that. to make little shifts, just little shifts. Yeah, I love that. All right. You're in your mid 40s. What are you doing to support your hormone health? in your mid forties now. What are your thoughts on HRT, hormone replacement therapy? Yeah, I I definitely think, well, to back up just a little bit, I think the biggest mind shift I made entering my Uh forties was that my body wasn't just done at 40, right? I think growing up, I remember my mom's friends in their forties when I was a teenager make comments to me like, oh, you just wait, Heather, you just wait till you're in your forties. Like you're going to be tired, your skin, your hair, you know what I mean? Like you grow up hearing this mindset of, you hit 40 and your body just goes to crap. And I was like, I'm no, I, so I think the first shift is your mindset of not accepting that, you know, you hit this age of 40 or 50 and you're just done for. Cause again, I feel better now than I did. So it's a mind shift for sure. And then it is understanding that hormones are just the chemical messengers based on the terrain. Right. Again, I think we like to blame our hormones. Like, well, I turned 40 and 
my hormones are off or I turned 40 and my hormones are what's making me gain weight. Your hormones are just messengers. They're the messenger based on your gut health, your liver health, and your toxins. So it's been just a complete mind shift of how I'm approaching my body as I age um, and really, really prioritizing food. I'm sure you might see this with a handful of your clients, but it's like we tend to age and we just don't eat as much, you know, and, and the body requires a certain amount of fuel each day. So I'm really prioritizing food, working to stabilize my blood sugar, which I think is the biggest role when it comes to hormones as, as you get older is really understanding how to stabilize your blood sugar and then making sure that your body is detoxing properly. I truly believe my, this is just Heather's opinion, but I do feel like women hit 40 and their bodies have just accumulated so many toxins over the year that that's what contributes to a midlife crisis or my body crashing is just your body has accumulated so much, right? Back in the day, like dousing myself with bath and body works and perfume and, you know, your body just adapts, adapts, adapts. And then to me, it is around this age 40 that the body just says, I can't, you know, handle the mass amounts of toxins that I've been exposed to. Yeah. A thousand percent. See all those shifts in women's health. And that's why I'm trying to educate, Hey, start doing these daily things, small little acts to support your body to drain, you know, and then as you deep dive into a candida cleanse or a heavy metal cleanse, like your body is just going to be more efficient, you know, at ridding those pathogens, those um, chemicals as, you know, once you start, if you're doing these daily little steps to benefit the deep diving cleansing. Yep. I think a lot of the shifts that women fear of the, the weight gain, oh, you just wait, you're going to be more tired, not going to have the energy you used to, or your skin or your libido. That's a big yeah. complaint you hear. I do a lot of Dutch testing. I've done Dutch tests on myself, but also with clients. And I'm even seeing it women in their mid thirties. I'm 36. And I'm seeing even in mid thirties, especially in forties, estrogen dominance, low progesterone, low testosterone. And that is a huge byproduct of stress and toxins, 100%. All day long. That's what I'm saying. It's an accumulation in the body. Right. And then that's disrupting the estrogen, displacing them in estrogen dominance. Yeah. Um, stressed out. So they don't eat as much. And I just, I hope we're shifting the way we think of our forties and our fifties. And, you know, and, and there is a small percentage of people starting to make that shift. But, you know, I think it starts with understanding the role that toxins are playing in our body. And the more we're aware, the, the more we're able to help our kids. You know, you like, you're aware. So you're watching your kids, you know, if they're, shifting, uh, you know, behaviorally, or if they're having breakouts, like, it's just being more aware of how toxins are impacting our health. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you feel like most women as you start to reach like mid 40s can benefit from doing things like progesterone, topical bioidentity, you know, the, the, the supplement, I actually just started really dialing in on progesterone for myself doing it topically for now. Yeah. And technically my progesterone is normal on my Dutch, but I just feel way better when I use it during that yeah. second half of my cycle. Oh, for sure. During the second half. <laughs> yeah. During the second half, like my sleep is massively improved, but I see with the progesterone conversation just in my own practice, when I have discussions with clients, there's just such this like fear surrounding using hormones Yeah. Or this hesitancy. 
Right. Well, and, and I think, again, that goes back to the mindset of how we used to treat hormones or how maybe your my mom was treated with hormones. It's like, oh, hey, like you're in your 40s, you don't feel good. Like, you know, here's all this, you know, hormone replacement without addressing their stress or their diet or their gut, yeah. or their, right? We're just dumping fuel to the fire where I'm really all about like, as we age, we're naturally going to start losing some of those hormones. How can we sustain you know, and optimize our hormones as best we can through diet and calories and working out and all this. But at some point, I do feel like women are going to benefit from using a hormone replacement. Now, again, the variety that are offered today from bioidentical, you know, a handful of people are reaching out for those pellets. Those aren't my favorite by any means. Um, I've had some clients have some really crazy experiences with the pellets. Again, that to me, that's adding too much fuel to the fire too quickly. The body can't you know, keep up with that. So I'm not, I'm not a fan of that, but I have seen through the Dutch testing myself, women that have not been able to sleep for, you know, the last seven, eight, nine years, like their kids as moms, you know, you have those younger kids. So you kind of develop those poor sleeping patterns when you're getting up with kids. But these are moms that like me have older kids and they're still just not sleeping well. And, you know, their test and they're low progesterone. So we, you know, start supporting with them progesterone. And they're like, this is life-changing. I'm sleeping better. My mood's better, but you know, a long with giving them progesterone, you're rebalancing their gut. You're having them do castor oil packs. You're having them do sauna. Like it's this whole approach to treating the gut, the liver, and the toxins as you support the hormones. But I'm absolutely a fan of doing it just because like, I feel like that's going to aid longevity, right? Yeah. Your hormones at some point are going to start to you know shift a little bit. And if you're doing all these things daily and on top of your diet and your workout and all that, then a little extra support is just going to aid in feeling better emotionally, physically, um, you know, mentally. Yep. At age. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would agree the pellets, if you're listening and you're considering doing a testosterone pellet, definitely do your research on it. I have clients that have had a great response with it, but then I have some that have had a terrible experience. So I'm kind of like, this is an option, but do your research. Yeah. And, and, and again, adding to that, like do your research and understanding that if you're, if you have a panel done and they say, oh my gosh, you are estrogen dominant and you're super low on testosterone, progesterone, like you need to extend an, a, you know, another question of like, okay, why what's going on in my gut? Like what's going on with my adrenals, right? Like be willing to dive a little bit deeper, like, and just say, okay, where's the other imbalances as to what's, you know, causing all these hormones to have, you know, dysregulated levels. Yeah, absolutely. So anything that you're personally dialing in on, like, you know, you've experimented with a lot of different things. What's like kind of your next thing that you're experimenting on with your own personal health, anything with your exercise habits, diet? You know, I feel like the exercise thing, again, with my personal training background comes that comes a little bit easier. Um, I feel like we each have our own little strengths, right? Don't ask me about organizing my house or any other areas. That's definitely not my strength. But uh, exercising is that's, that's an area that I'm still prioritizing. Um, again, with more of an emphasis on lifting heavier weights, I really think the more I study and get into this, um, space of health, like muscle is longevity. Muscle to me is 100% longevity. So if you're a woman in your twenties or thirties, I hope you're prioritizing some amount of weightlifting. If you're a woman 40 and older, gosh, I for sure hope you're prioritizing weights. I'm lifting weights you know, as heavy as I can trying to maintain that muscle. Um, but then I'm really shifting right now and really prioritizing my food, which I feel like is a huge 
area for women as they age. I find a lot of women tend to be under eaters. They feel like crap. They have brain fog. They have energy issues, low libido, and then they're eating, gosh, a thousand to twelve hundred calories a day. So I just started on this new journey myself personally for the next three months of, um, you know, really trying to increase my calories and be more intentional with my food. But again, coming back to protein and stabilizing my blood sugar throughout the day to reap the benefits of working out in the gym as hard as I'm trying to. Yeah, right. That's that's the catch twenty two with so many women is they're they're putting in the time, they're putting in the effort to working out in the gym, but then the food is just you know it's not quite there to sustain all the work that they're putting in at the gym. Yeah. So that's as I gotten older is really trying to, you know, dial in my diet and make the diet, the food be the thing that helps the muscle math and and supports the hormones. I love that. I love that. Very inspiring. Yeah. It's it's but it is hard. I right. I I the more I get into it, the more I realize like as women why we get so frustrated and when we try to reach for quick fixes because Doing it this way is really, really hard. But my goal and my focus has always been longevity, right? I mean, I hope when I'm 70, I'm still water skiing. That is my absolute goal. You can ask any of my kids. I want to be pulled on a slalom ski when I'm 70. I don't even care if it's for three seconds, but I want to be able to ski when I'm 70. I That's love my- that. I think now when you're 70, you're going to be on a on a foil behind that boat. <laughs> I'm going to hope for that too, actually. But really, it's a mind shift. It's a, it's a, you know what? These really are my goals. And I'm trying to sustain, you know, through diet. And again, I don't do it perfect. I hope women listening understand it's not about being perfect as you switch to more of a holistic route with your health. It's not about perfection. It's about ultimately consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is what aids the changes and supports your drainage pathways and makes you more efficient at your parasite cleansing and, you know, gets you better results with your coffee. And I'm like, all these things are just done through consistency. Yep. Absolutely. The biggest lesson I've learned in this journey is not trying to do it all, but what can I do consistently to show up for myself every day? Sounds like a selfish act, but I'm like, geez, I wish we were taught that in sixth grade, seventh grade, like, you know, take 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day to be selfish and do something that's going to support your body. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's simple little acts that ultimately get us where we want to go. Thank you so much for listening to today's interview with Heather. You can give her a follow over at Instagram at simple soul AZ. We are also going to link her free parasite cleansing guide in the show notes and tune in next Wednesday for our next episode. Thank you for listening to the Fueled and Free podcast. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Learn more at margaretannpowell.com and follow me on Instagram at margaretannpowell.com.